The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk. I'm a co-host, Terry Jackson. TJ, you there? Hello. Well, Terry, we're going to have another great show. We're going to talk about a little bit of... Uh, Football, I want to talk about a little basketball. You know, baseball, I don't know what's going on with that. We have to wait till the middle of it because they got so many games, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'd like to give a shout out to my son, Terry Jr. Uh, he's a 100 meter state champion, uh, fastest 100 meters in the state of Wyoming. So, congratulations to him. Congratulations, Terry Jr. What was his time, T, on that? I forgot about that. Uh, his time, I believe, was 11.05. Uh, his fastest is 10.92. I don't think anybody ran ran faster than that this this year. Well, since he does that, we have to get him on the show so he can talk about all that. Is that good? Yeah, yeah, it'll be good. That'll be good. Shout out to Terry Jackson Jr. Keep doing the best in everything you do, T. Well, Terry, I got a little something I want to pick about. I noticed that uh, in the NFL, you know, all the guys in this Bowie thing, Everybody's starting to come on. I'm talking about they had nothing to do with it and the coaches and all that. What's going on with that now? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's getting close to spring, and you guys are going to start reporting camps and stuff. And I mean, it's a lot of chatter. Uh, I, I don't know that anybody wants to take any responsibility in it. Obviously, the NFL has had evidence that there was um, there was payments being made. There was people that. Uh, hits were put out on, so I don't know. Uh, nobody wants to take responsibility. You know, I look at it, Terry, as um, I was looking at all the sports guys on uh, First Take and Sports Center, and they said when these allegations came out, nobody, none of the players spoke up. But now they all got these fines and suspensions. Now everybody wants to speak up saying they had nothing to do with it. Now, what do you think? They didn't think they had the evidence for them, or what do you think they just were trying to you know, keep it quiet for the coaches? Well, I'm assuming that, that there's evidence. Um, if, if the NFL is fining and suspending players, I'm assuming they have they have enough evidence to do that. Um, more for than against, I, I would guess. Um, but if these guys, you know, of course there's going to be an appeal process anytime, you know, you get fined or suspended. Um, you know, the Players Association is going to, you know, try and step in and say, "Hey, yeah, let's let let's take a closer look at this." But <clears throat> I mean, you're always going to have that. So I don't know if it's. I mean, these guys don't want to don't want to be suspended. I, I don't think necessarily, you know, uh, a measly amount of money coming out of their pockets a big deal. But we're talking about suspensions, and 
you know, and, and a large quantity of money coming out, then, then that's one thing. Well, Terry, who would you think to blame for that? Would you blame the coaches or would you blame the players? I mean, if the coaches tell you to do something, you have to do it, right? No, you know, or... there's not one person to blame. Uh, nobody's gonna, no coach is gonna sit here and say, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna start this program and you're gonna participate in it. I mean, that's asinine to think that. That's like you telling one of your kids to go out and play in traffic. Um, and that's what I equate that to. Uh, everybody's to blame. Whoever the idea, uh, whoever came up with the idea, it's basically a conspiracy. Uh, you know, um, whoever was involved in it's to blame. It's not just one person. It's not just a team, uh, or the players or the coaches. Uh, everybody involved should, should hold some, holds responsibility for it because they know right from wrong. So what you're saying is the suspension you agree with? I'm sorry, say that again? Do you agree with the suspension that uh, the commissioner laid down for everybody? I'm not saying I agree or disagree with the suspensions because I don't think we have enough evidence to to know. I don't, nothing's, you know, nothing's right out there as far as I'm concerned to, to give me enough to say whether this was warranted or that was warranted. All I'm saying is that I don't necessarily believe that any one person is to blame or any one side, whether it be players or whether it be coaches, because as a player, if you and your other players decide to, to do a bounty and say, hey, let's let's get this money together, and your coach knows about it, and he doesn't do anything about it, he doesn't say anything about it, he's just as responsible as, as those players are, in in my opinion. Well, Terry, um, we've got a call, so let's take this call. We've got Susan Donick on the phone. You on that, Susan? Today... How are you doing today, Susan? I'm wonderful, and yourself? Uh, just me and Terry just doing the show again. How are you doing? I'm okay. You know what, Jimmy, I, I really needed to take a minute and call and not only thank you just for being part of mine and my children's lives with the adversities they've gone through, but to thank the gentleman that David spoke with when he was on the show. It, it had such a profound impact on his attitude and his funk and his personality and his spirit healing through many, many things. Um, I don't know how to say thank you other than thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, I completely appreciate it. And if you could please share that with Terry and the other gentlemen, I, I'd really, really be grateful to you. Well, thanks, Terry. You're on the line there. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Susan, hey, thank you is all you need to say. Um, uh, we're here for kids um, in, in any way. And, and it doesn't, you know... That's that, that's just what we do, um, and we enjoy doing that. So if we can touch somebody or we can say something to, to influence someone, um, it, they're just words, and, and, and it's up to that person to to have to, uh, you know, take it upon themselves to, to move on with it. So um, thank so you for all you need to say, and well, you're I, I, I am grateful. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm one of the moms in the world who would, who, who would throw down for her babies if she had to, let me tell you, and... When he finished with the radio station the next day, he says, you know, Mom, baseball doesn't have to define me. And and I was so grateful for him to realize that, that, that he had other avenues and to believe in himself no matter what he did, not just with baseball and not just with his athletics. Um, and he just finished up his freshman year in high school with a high B average and aced his finals and... Um, is is recuperating well. You know, he he unfortunately had a lot of adversities. He lost his dad. He lost his both sets of grandparents all in a, inside of sixteen months. Um, and he's a stellar young man. And and you guys just added to it. And and I am grateful. Um, 
I'm sure you've touched a million lives, these little boys, you know, and I call them little at 14, but they're little. They're still learning. Um, And I'm grateful for what you do, too. I really, really am. Well, Susan, like me, Terry, and Gavin say, you know, anytime, call in, and we appreciate it. So keep doing the things you do. I know you personally, and I know the type of person you are, you know, as a mom and a friend. So thank you, sir. Thank you, Jimmy. I love you very much for being in our lives. You've been been an angel, let me tell you. Anytime. Enjoy the rest of your show. I have to go play with my son. He's home today. All right. Thanks for calling me. Have a happy day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, there you there. Remember yeah, Jamie yeah. her son when we did the baseball? There you there. Yeah, I'm here, love. I, I didn't hear what you said. Oh, remember her son when we spoke to him when he went through the baseball thing? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, calls like that is good, Terry. You know, we, you know, we get through, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's what we hear, you know, at least tell what we know and what we can help kids with, you know, and parents. Yeah. Anything oh. we can do, like I said, it's up to the the kids to take that stuff and move with it. Well, it's easy to say something, you know. Right. We, we definitely appreciate it. Yeah, all right, we got a call of Gilbert. Gilbert, you there? Uh, yes, I am. How you doing today, Gilbert? Pretty good. Pretty good. Oh, uh, you got a Gilbert. This is uh, not Gilbert. This is uh. You can't be hey. down as Gilbert. Yeah, Gilbert. Gilbert. Oh, okay, Gilbert. Okay, how you doing today? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm just calling in. Uh, 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 thank you for, for about the, the camp we having in uh, in uh, Calumet Park, and the kids are really looking forward to uh, uh, attending in the camp. Uh, It'll be, you know, it's in an area where the the kids don't have a lot to do, and their football program went down, and was, and uh, uh, with your participation last year, and with and the camp going on this year, we got a lot of people signed up, ready to go, and I'm really looking forward to to you guys coming out and helping us out uh, in our area. Well, like, you know, me, Terry, Gabriel, and Sean, we, we're glad to do it, Gil Shepard. And um, like I say, you know, we all grew up and, you know, kids that don't have the privilege to go to these camps and have the money to pay, you know, we love to come out and do it for them free right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. That'll be great. I'm looking forward to it. <clears throat> yeah. All right. And, uh, well, the one uh, uh, the good thing I can say is, uh, um, uh, the area has really been, it was really de- deprived of, the kids just really didn't have anything to do or anywhere to go to the uh, football program that was there before it, it kind of fell apart and, and now we're kind of bringing the, bringing the light back to the, to the neighborhood and people starting to find out and, you know, getting the kids off the street and, uh, you know, it's a free camp. What, what, you can't say more about that. So uh, we, we're really looking forward to it being a successful uh, venture. And uh, just really looking forward to it coming out every year, really. <laughs> and and, and uh, 
putting the camera on every year. We'll get you a car every year if we can. <laughs> well, you know what, uh, Gilbert? Me and Terry and uh, all the other guys, we're going to love to do it. And like you say, it'll be something for us to come out and do it, you know, and give back, right, Terry? Absolutely. That'll be good. I've never been to Chicago, so it'll be it'll be a treat for me uh, as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't forget to uh, give a shout out to yourself for all you do for the program. You know, I grew up in Rob and know what you go you go through, and it's hard to get the kids to come and do a sport than to try and get them to keep out of trouble. So you know, I know what you're going through, and I like to take hats off for you and all you doing out there and your staff. You know, and just the hard work y'all put into. But if you keep the same pattern every year, you gonna get more and more kids believing in it, and we get them off the streets, Joe. So. Well, yeah, I, this is something, uh, I, you know, I love to, to help the kids out. Uh, it's, you know, I tell everybody it's a stress reliever for me, you know. You know, I have to go on out all day and work, and then you come come home uh, a few hours in the evening on the weekends and uh, go to practice during the weekdays and games on the weekend. It's all worth it, you know, uh, once you see the, you know, how you change some of these kids' lives, you know. Uh, you know, we, we don't turn no kids away as, uh, you know, and some of them might not even have the money, you know, we try to find the kids sponsors, and, uh, so the, on behalf of the Robins, Cal Park Eagles, uh, you know, we, you know, we'd like to thank you because you're, you're a part of, uh, you know, the reason why we're coming back, and, and you're an example for, for why, you know, uh, people come from the neighborhood and they, they make it and they come back and they give back. And I believe that's what, uh, you know, all successful athletes should do. Uh, you should always give back to where you, where you came from. And, uh, I'd like to commend you on that, you know. Thanks a lot, Chef. So, you know, we gonna, we're going to do a great camp for you. And then, you know, like Terry ain't been to Chicago, so. Uh, well, you, you know. Terry, you'll love it. <laughs> That's what I hear. <laughs> hey, hey, yo, we got to put a strap on him. He might get wild. Yeah, like, yeah. I love it. Yeah, move it down. Ain't nothing like the shot, man. It's just, you know, uh, you know, you, 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 I go to a whole lot of places in Atlanta, and I've been all over, but, you know, it's, it's, ain't nothing like Chicago, you know. I know him. It'll be good for him because we'll take him to the taste of Chicago too, Gilbert. So you know he'll like that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that's a that's a great event. That's what matter of fact that starts. Uh, yeah, that'll be the same weekend. Yeah, same weekend yeah. of the camp. So yeah, we got to take you there and taste Chicago and uh, give you a little taste there. Right. All, All right. right. Well, thanks for calling in, and um, like I say, so we'll be getting together and we're gonna get this camp rolling right there. That's right. All right, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks again, Chef. All right. Take care. All right, Terry. We're gonna we got two minutes for a break. We'll talk for two minutes. Then we got Eric Glover on hold, so let's take Glover after the break. And then you know, you know, stuff like that, Terry. That what we doing, you know, really makes you know the heart, you know. Because I know I've been talking to them, and they're excited to have you come out, and Galen, and Sean, and you know, it has been flooding my mom and dad. We're like we're proud of you know these guys coming back and doing that. So my mom had told me, she's like, man, thank you guys, you know, because people don't come back and do this, Terry. Well, that's good, love, and I, and I commend you guys for that as well. No. Well, let's take a break, Terry, and we'll come back. Oh, we got yeah, Eric Glover on hold. We'll take Glove. Let's see what Glove got to say about 
anything. So we'll be right back. This is Jay Lovey and Steve Jackson, co-host of Loving That Sports Talk, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Play ball! If you're looking to talk baseball, even in the offseason, look no further than the King's Corner Talking Baseball with former World Series champion Jim Lairitz. Jim's known for a rather controversial stance during his show. He's brutally honest and ready to talk with current and former players, owners, and other key figures to bring you baseball from an insider's view. You won't want to miss a single episode. The King's Corner Talking Baseball with Jim Layritz is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry. Your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, back back host of Loving That Sports Talk. Terry Jackson had to step away, and I was like, man, what am I going to do? And then my old best buddy called in, Eric Glover. What's up, Glover? Hey, how you doing today, James? All right. I, I, I always love talking. Well, you know what? It's never like doing a show because me and you talk maybe three four times a week. I call you. <laughs> I know we have our own shows pretty much every uh, every other day. <laughs> you know what? I want to get some out here. You know, I know last week we were talking with the lady from um, um, NAMI. You know, we talk about players and depression and all that. And, you know, I talk about a little of my history I went through. And, uh, fortunately, I was, you know, uh, told, you know, uh, last week by my wife, she's like, you know what, you know, you go through a lot. You know, people go through a lot. You got great friends, so, you know, you get over it. So I got her in my life. But nobody understands, you know, what I went through um, but you because you were there in my life. And last week you wanted to talk on the show about some of that, but go ahead. But 
you know, you was there in my life to get out of what I was in about football and all that. Remember that glove? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So, no, so what, what you're talking about is, and, and I don't want to make it sound cruel or anything, but you're at a dark point in your life. And, uh, you seem like, you know, you had no one to turn to, you know, all your friends had pretty much turned their back on you because of what you were going through, you know, and that's the sad part about being an athlete. When the going's good, everybody wants to be around you. But then when it's time for you to lean on somebody, you know, if you do open up and want to lean, a lot of people don't understand, nor are they there for you to lean on, you know. And that's what a lot of athletes, you know, with what's going on right now, a lot of athletes, one, because of their them being so macho, you know, they don't want to open up because of what the repercussions of or what people would think of them, you know. But fortunately... You didn't see it that way, and you would call me, and I'd open my, my my line. You know, I told you, call me any time of day, any time of night. Whenever you wanted to talk, if you was feeling lonely, if you was feeling depressed, you know, if you wanted to do something to yourself, I told you to call me because, you know, I know the good person that was on the inside. Maybe you didn't see it because of how you, you know, you were thinking or something. So, so that's what you were, you know, talking about right there a little bit, I think. Okay, I just wanted to put that out there, and I just want to say, you know, thanks, Glove, for all you did, because, man, you were there, you know. We talk, we laugh, and, you know, people don't understand, when you have a great friend in your life and it helps you get out of something, man, you know, and I was in that, that spot, and I was like, hey, just, I want to say thanks, Glove. Oh, not a problem, not a problem. You Hold know, on, Glove, we got some callers first, but one caller dropped. But so we got um, Lawrence Schaefer. Remember Lawrence, Glove? Yeah, I remember Schaefer. What's Lawrence, up, are you there? What's up, Shane? What's up, Dylan? How you doing? Yeah, I heard him. What's up, man? How you doing? Man, I'm hanging in there. Hanging in there, chilling and killing, you know. This is like we might well just all go back down to Laramie and meet up, right? It sounds like a Wyoming reunion with Shavers on the line. How's Denver, Shavers? Denver's good, man. No complaints, really. Uh, you know, complain about the weather, but it changes every five minutes, so it's all good. Well, we, well, we, well I got you on here, Lawrence and Glove. We might as well get right to it, so I, you know, get the question. You know, we got all this. Well, I, everybody here, I feel like, oh, this Tebow, Tebow, Tebow. What is up with him? A guy that can't even play quarterback. We got all this notoriety and got to become a quarterback just because of fan bases. Is that how football's turning into now? Is that what? Is that what football turning to now? The fans get the players to play now, and the coach, the, the owners got to play these guys. That's all it is with Tebow. Yeah, it's a popularity contest with him. There's no doubt about that. You know, and uh, even though he's not in Denver anymore, the the folks here still love him. You know, which is good. I mean, they love Manning even more, but uh, they love him too. So it, it, it's hard to say. The the fans, you know, they drive the ticket sales. They drive, uh, you know, the TV sponsors and all that. So uh, fans do have a big part of them. And, you know, overall the coach has the final say and the GM has the final say. But but the fans sure put a lot of pressure, especially Denver fans. Glove? Yeah, well, like, 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 like Lawrence said, you know, the sad part about it is at, at the end of the day it's, it's about the mighty dollar. And, and who's going to fill up the seats? Right. You know, who's gonna sell the 
who's going to sell those beers that are being sold by the vendors? Who's going to sell the jerseys and things like that, you know? So so the product that you're putting on the field, you hope it will win. And in Denver's case and in Tebow's case, he was fortunate enough to win some games. My only problem with, with the Tebow mania is, is if you know John Fox as a coach, you know what type of coach he is. He's a defensive-minded guy. If you look right. at Denver's defense, Denver's defense wasn't shabby. They had a good defense. I'm not taking anything from what Tebow did. All I'm saying is give the defense some credit. They talk about the seven or eight come from come back from behind wins. Like three or four of them were field goals. So do we give Tebow credit for kicking a field goal? You know, and, <laughs> and two or three of them were like 50 yarders or 50 plus yarders. So does he get credit for that? Now, if he throws a touchdown like in the, in the playoff game where he threw the touchdown in overtime, the receiver caught it and ran the 70, 80 yards, I give him credit for that. But when the, a, a defense is holding the team to six points and it's six to six and you kick a field goal and win nine to six, how does the quarterback get that credit? Now, Chibo's super athletic, can't take that from him. Is he an athlete? Of course. Is he the prototype NFL quarterback? No. But now, what do we consider prototype? Look, RG3, man. RG3. Well, we're going to get on that too, Lars. But is it all athletes that get in the NFL? I mean, is it all players should be athletes? You know, everybody's like, Tebow is a great athlete. But everybody there should be an athlete, right? If you made well, it that far in the league, you should be. Yeah. So why do they keep acting like he's a superstar athlete, you know? He's not doing anything like you say, uh, LC. We bring up uh, RG three. You know why? Why yeah. is nobody bragging about that like that with him, right? Yeah, but well, look, yeah, but the season ain't started yet, so I guess that's you know. I think when the season starts, he he'll make a name for himself real quick on the field. Well, I'm glad yeah, you said that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Glad what LC just said. He haven't started, but they already got Andrew Luck as the top quarterback, and he's even been on the field, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, that's go ahead, right. But here, here's my here's my thing, and, and it doesn't weigh with a grain of salt. But but my thing is this right here: when you're when you're talking about what you guys just said about athletes, let's go back there for a second. Yes, are, are most guys in the NFL athletes? Yes, they are. Pretty much, they draft athletic guys, fast guys. Now let's break it down. We're talking position wise. When you're talking about position. We're talking quarterbacks. We're not talking receivers, running backs, linemen, linebackers. We're talking from a quarterback standpoint. You know, would you rather have an ap- a quarterback that's athletic or a quarterback can throw the ball? Because Tebow's athletic. Tom Brady can throw the ball. Tebow's athletic. Um, Peyton Manning can throw the ball. You follow me? Now. Got you, Phil. If, if you go if you go to that mix or that combo, Aaron Rodgers, athletic, can throw the ball. Drew Brees, athletic, can throw the ball. Cam Newton, athletic, can throw the ball. See, so there's a difference when you guys make that statement about isn't everybody in the, the league athletic? Yes, they are. But we're talking position-wise. You know, we're not talking as an individual. We're talking about by position. So, yeah, he's athletic, but as a quarterback, he's not that great. Lawrence, you want to say something? 
you know, I, I think Love's right as a as a quarterback. You know, you're right because I think what was his percentage of completions forty six percent throughout the season, which is you know from NFL standards is horrible. Um, but as an athlete, yeah, he's a good no, no doubt about it. He's a good athlete. But you're right. What do you want back there? Do you want a quarterback or do you want an athlete or do you want both? You know, if I'm a GM, I want both. I want a quarterback who is an athlete out on the field. And, you know, that that's what you're going to get with most of the, at least most of the upcoming quarterbacks right now, the good ones. You know, let me, let me go back. I know Glove said that, and uh, I wish Gabe was on. I don't know why he called in anyway, but I wish he was on the hitters. But they figure, now give me, correct me wrong, Glove and uh, LC, you figure if you got an athlete, you can make him out of great, player for that position. Am I wrong for saying that right? The, but Tebow would never be a quarterback. I can't see him just because he's an athlete. You're going to make him this great quarterback. Am I wrong for saying that? Well, you got to look at this right here. See, see the, 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 the one thing in the NFL or the one thing when we're talk, what we're talking about is whenever they talk quarterback, and that's the only position that they never talk about being athletic, if you think about it. Over the history of time, you never hear them say, oh, we want our quarterback to be athletic. They say we want our quarterback to be the prototypical quarterback, which is what's the first thing they always throw out? He has to be smart. Right. You know. Right, right. They throw out all the intangibles of being a quarterback. The last thing they talk about is athletic and, oh, if he's mobile. Oh, we don't really need a mobile quarterback. You know, he doesn't have to run. He doesn't have to be athletic. Just let them be able to read those defenses and throw the ball. Think about all your quarterbacks you have. Like I said, most of your quarterbacks can see people get that athletic thing mixed up. You know, you can name the athletic quarterbacks that have won the Super Bowl. You follow me? Think about how yeah. many athletic quarterbacks we've had come to the league. Only, only a handful, if that, have won Super Bowls. That's why... When they talk Andrew Luck, when they were talking that whole little thing with Andrew Luck and RG3, what did most of the guys say? Oh, RG3 is over the top, athletic. You know, he have all the intangibles. But Andrew Luck is the prototypical quarterback. If I had to start my franchise, which they did, who am I going to go with? Andrew Luck or RG3? But what about Lawrence you want to say you want athlete and you want that both together as a GM? Uh, you know, if I'm a GM, that's what I'm thinking. You know, you want an athletic, you want an athletic quarterback. You know, who can, who is smart, but can get himself out of situations if he needs to. You know what I mean? That that's what I'm looking. That's as a GM, that's what I'm looking for: a quarterback that uh, can make decisions on the field. He's a coach on the field, but if he needs to escape, he'll escape when he needs to. But but don't you think over over the last say ten years or or say last ten fifteen years all the athletic quarterbacks have got a negative knock. So we go back to the Warren Moons and I hate to I hate to call out the black quarterbacks, but we go back to the Warren Moons and the Randall Cuttinghams and quarterbacks of those nature. You know Donovan McNabb recently. What Cam Newton did last year was over the top. They didn't. It wasn't expected. There was no way they expected Cam Newton to do what he did last year. Now, I, I want you guys to think, because you know they're hoping 
you know, from a standpoint that he's not as successful this year as he was last year. So what? All the naysayers can say what? Well, I told you. I, you know, I told you about those athletic guys. See, and, and you're talking RG3, you know, the, the plus side with what Washington's doing is they're trying to put some players around him. Normally, you come into a system as a rookie, there's nobody around you, so it makes it seem like you're not doing well your rookie year, but it's the product that's around you. And thank God that Washington is trying to put some players around RG3 to go forward. You know what, uh, Lawrence, we got so many calls, but I want to thank you for calling in. Get you back next week. Is that all right, LC? Yeah, man, that is not a problem at all. I appreciate it. All right, thank you. All right, Glove, hey, good talking talk to you, man. Hey, yeah, man, we got to hook up. All right, cool. All right. Well, we got so many calls on the line, so I'll try to get everybody in. But we're going to have Eric Coleman call back, Glove. But oh, my right, God. Now, right now we got Reggie Slate online. You there, Reggie? Feeling the love, brother. How you doing? How you doing, Red? You got Eric Glover on the live, too. Okay, what's going on, guys? <laughs> all right, how you doing? Good, good, good. All right. Hey, Red, what do we got here? We're going to talk to the little NBA. What is going okay. on with Miami? They won. Well, okay. Now, yo, you want me to get more into it. <laughs> Why is Dwayne Wade taking the last shot? And you got the MVP. LeBron James, that he's not taking a shot. That's what I want to know. Well, kind of like the same reason Steve Kerr took the last shot uh, to win a championship when Michael Jordan was on the team. Every night, you got to have some. You got to have more than one person strong in, in, in a certain area to to stand up and and and, and take tough shots. But but you, you talk about the Steve Kerr. The Steve Kerr. Um, well, okay. Let me let me go back. You say the same way, Steve Kerr. But you said the last ball supposed to be in Dwayne Wade hand or LeBron. You know, every time when Michael Jordan, it was in his hand. Ninety percent of the time he passed. I mean, he, he shot it, but the other ten he passed. Well, part of being part of being a, a, a um, I think a complete player and the best player out there as uh, LeBron did is is being able to be versatile and. I mean, uh, Dwayne Wade is no, is no, <laughs> let's, let's give him his credit. He's a pretty good player too. Um, you know, uh, and in many, in many aspects, skill wise, I think Dwayne dwarfs LeBron. LeBron has been blessed physical wise. I mean, he's 6'8", 275 or so. That's, that in itself is imposing. You combine that with a skillful person, and that's pretty formidable. Now, I think, uh, even though Dwayne is a diminutive size, I think his skill level may even surpass that that of LeBron. So I mean, it, it, I, I wouldn't see it being very odd that Dwayne did take the last shot. So you saying you respect that? But isn't that LeBron pass where everybody said in the fourth quarter he don't take the big shot and he never show up in the fourth quarter? Shouldn't that, be, shouldn't that be where he should step up now and say, hey? Yeah, you know, Dwayne, let me take you and let me show up because, you know, history show LeBron, you know, don't show up in the fourth and then the, the last shot of the game, you know, he's not taking the big shots, right? Well, again, yeah, but, but, but what, but what Miami has is they've got two people that can take these last shots and Dwayne Wade and, matter of fact, when they're healthy, they have three people. Let's not forget Chris Boss when he's healthy. 
he was the main guy up there in Toronto. And he came to Miami at a pretty big uh, price tag. It's, I think, just that, that uh, Dwayne and LeBron's star has shined so bright that it's diminished his in a sense. However, that's not to say that he couldn't be the man on any other team. Uh, I mean, when, when, uh, when they have the dream team together, and this is kind of stretching it, when they had the dream team together back in 91 or 92, had there been a last-second shot, who would have taken that? Larry? Magic? Who? Well, well that's a different thing, though, Reggie. That's, a, that's just an Olympic team. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to be – it's not like it's, you know – no, no, Well, well it, it is and it's not because those two guys, the three guys I just mentioned, those are all three on the same level, I think, superstars, historic stars. Now, right now – Dwayne Wade has a nod over LeBron because you're saying, you know, LeBron should take the last shot, but how many rings does LeBron have? He doesn't have any. Dwayne Wade has a ring. He's got the experience. He's been there before. Why shouldn't Dwayne Wade take the last shot? You know, Reg, uh, we're going to take a break. When we come out, we got some more. I know Glover's not a Heat player, so I know we got some with that. Uh, this is Jay Lovey with guests for Slater and Eric Glover will be right back with Reggie Slater thinking Dwayne Wade should take the last shot. <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Fantasy sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play fantasy sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. 
is James Levin, host of Levin at Sports Talk. Got my guest, Eric Glover, and Reggie Slater online. I got to clear up before we go, you know, any further. Reggie said, you put words in my mouth. He didn't say Dwayne Wade take the last shot. Right, Reggie? Correct. <laughs> right. I did not say Dwayne Wade should take the last shot. What I said was you've got two good options either way you go between LeBron and Dwayne. So what that does is that makes the defense stay on his toes. You've got to wonder. Add to that, if Chris Boss were healthy, that would be another guy who has had experience in the past with, you know, and confidence with taking the last shot. That's what I was saying. Okay, so I was starting from smack, right, Glove? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, look at like like Reggie said, LeBron has not proven himself late in the fourth quarter to put the team on his back and take the big shot. I don't have a problem with Dwayne Wade taking the shot. It's it's all about the win when the when the bell go off. So for me, whoever have enough confidence to take the last shot, be it superstar, be it just a role player, take the shot, win the game, let's get that ring. So so what you're saying, Glove, and ready you cutting this, whoever had the confidence, so when World Metal Peace threw the ball to Blake, Blake had the confidence or Blake knew he had to shoot it. Which one was that? Because, well, because everybody because go ahead. No, well, because of the play that they ran, like like what you guys have said earlier about Steve Kerr with Michael Jordan, you got to know that they're going to double team or they're going to run a zone where your superstar may not be able to get the ball. So Steve Kerr takes the shot. Like you guys said a minute ago, being in Miami, they had the, the, triple, the triple threat of one of those three guys at the end of the game taking the shot. Now, should LeBron take the shot? Yes, he should because he's supposed to be the guy on that team even though Dwayne Wade was there before him and Dwayne Wade had the ring, LeBron should take that shot at the end. But we've seen in the past where LeBron drifts away, Dwayne has the confidence to take the shot. Take the shot. Win the game. Let's get the ring. That's what it's about. Reggie? Yes. Oh, I lost you. So when we went to break, Lowe was saying the same thing, what you were saying, that he ain't showing up in the fourth quarter. But... My point is, I said I want to make the point was, he's an MVP. What is that only for the regular season? MVP means he's the most valuable player. He's the main man. Am I right? So I would want the ball in my hand if I'm the MVP. You know, right? Right. Yeah. You. Yeah. He is the MVP, and he should want the ball in his hand. However, you have two other viable options other than him in case the defense is proves to be. Um, you know, hedging too much on him. That's all I'm saying. He should want the ball in his hand, correct. But even Michael Jordan missed shots. I mean, uh, you know, if he missed, having Dwayne Wade take that shot is not a bad thing. And, and uh, I don't know. I, I know you've been watching. I know you too, Glove. But if you see LeBron, he's not even looking for the shot. Am I right, Glove? Well, yeah, see, and, and they've said it before time and time again. LeBron is a great player. He doesn't have the killer instinct for me. You know, for a guy of his caliber, a guy of his athleticism, you would think down the stretch, you know, and I hate to compare him to, but like Paul Pierce in the fourth quarter with Boston, Paul Pierce wants the ball every time down court. He's going to try to make something happen. It seems like in the fourth quarter when Miami's playing, LeBron tends to drift away. Not saying he can't because, like they said, 
He has Dwayne Wade. He has Chris Bosh. There's other options on the team, but it's like he never calls for the ball. You know, it's not like he'll post you up and he wants the ball to make a play. It's like if Dwayne's shooting, which is cool too, and Dwayne is hitting, he'll fade in the background. If Bosh is posted up or if Bosh is making shots, he'll fade away. They have a superstar, Michael Jordan, Kobe, guys like that, they call for the ball in the fourth quarter. They want to make that big play. They want to make that win, you know, get their team that win. You know, and in my book, and, and like I said, a grain of salt, to me, LeBron, he's just not there yet. Eric, and I want to echo on what you said because you just made a really good point because uh, great players, just like in any kind of business or anything like that, you can make excuses or you can make see opportunities. Uh, simple thing. Go to the free throw line. Have you ever noticed when the game's on the line and it's the last few seconds and it's a tight game, how 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 certain players will go up there and sink their free throws and certain players who usually have a good percentage will not? Mm-hmm. Yes. Talk about our superstars yes. here. I'm going to go ahead and say LeBron's yes. name. He'll choke in a second. He'll choke on a free throw. And then, you know, and, and, and but the thing is, well, he's got the MVP and, you know, Kobe's waning down. Uh, Paul Pierce is waning down. When the game's yes. on the line, when they get to that free throw line, I've seen Paul Pierce, Kobe, I've even seen Shaq knock it down. Yes, I agree. Knock it down. Now, whenever, you know, it, it's kind of like that whole bully, and I, and I know where am I complaining LeBron to a bully, but when everything is going good, oh, yeah, everything's flowing, and, yeah, I can make alley-oops, and I'm the most exciting player on the court. But when it comes time to win, and, that, and I'm echoing back off of something you said, Eric. Where is he? Where is he? Now, had, had, now, going back to what you said, love, had Steve Blake made that, and I hate to use the word if, because, you know, I always say if, if the queen had a, had, a, had a penis, she'd be the king. But there you go. If, if, if Steve Blake had made that shot, everybody would have been like, man, what a great uh, 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 crowd Kobe has around him. He has a great group of people around him that can help him. Now, since he didn't make the shot, obviously, you know, <laughs> and Steve, Steve is now mud. And he's probably looking at being traded next year, probably. Yeah. Who knows? But, not, but, but, to, but to piggyback off of what you're saying, is, that not we, is this not the reason why we bring up Steve Kerr in conversations? Well, yeah, because you need a good surrounding supporting cast. And, and, no, and you're right. When it gets down to it, man, bottom line, LeBron does need to get that ball. Bottom line, you knew Larry Bird was going to shoot that ball. You know Magic was going to get the ball or get it to the right person. Kobe should have got the bottom line. Kobe should have got that ball. But but nope. but until you get tried and tested, there's nothing like being baptized by fire repetitively. No, but what I, no. my point was, you're right. Everything you just said was right. But what I was saying was, when you were talking about Steve Blake missing the shot and the difference being... Steve Kerr making his shots. Is that not why we still talk about Steve Kerr and why we're talking about Steve Blake the way we're talking about him? You know, yeah. Steve Blake yeah. misses the shot, so now we say Kobe doesn't have a supporting cast. Mm-hmm. Steve well, Kerr makes the shot, Chicago wins. Now, in every conversation, when you talk about the Bulls and winning the championship, what conversation right. comes up? Well, you know, Michael Jordan yeah, was being double Kerr. triple team. They kicked it out to Steve Kerr. He right. hit the jumper. But what does everybody say? You know, Michael believed that Steve Kerr could hit the shot, so he wasn't really worried about Steve Kerr taking that shot. 
Yeah. Well, here, so, and here's what I think about that. I think the whole group, you look at the group and it's different. I had the opportunity to play on the court with Michael Jordan and with Kobe. Uh, this is what I saw. You know, that whole saying, you have to, you have to hate to lose more than you love to win. Everybody's out there smiling because the basketball game is such a fun game. It's a great sport and it gets the competitiveness. But man, I'm not going to, and Larry Bird, he comes to my attention too. There are certain guys that just absolutely hate to win. When Mike was on the court, Holy cow, and I know he has this great persona, especially when he played up being a nice guy and he's smiling. Boy, he was getting guys' butts. I mean, he was dead serious. He absolutely hated to lose. And I think that, in a sense, drove his, the people that surrounded him in practice to work harder and become more mentally solid, stable, and prepared for the tough times than perhaps maybe uh, even Kobe does or perhaps maybe even Miami. You know, I don't know. I never had a chance to play against Miami when they had, you know, the LeBron Dwayne thing. But I do know this. I do know that Mike was really tough on their on his guys, and the guys responded. Stir, uh, Steve Kerr, I saw him, you know, work out when he was with uh, San Antonio uh, after he left the uh, uh, Bulls. Same mentality, strong, tough mentality. Can you? Can you, and, you know? I don't know if I can say that about Steve Blake. I don't know that I could say that. At the end of the at the end of the at the end of the game, I'm an '80s guy. I grew up in the '80s. I was I'm confident that if Magic or Larry got to the free throw line with with two seconds left on the clock, one to tie and two to win, that the game's over with. I'm confident right now, Paul Pierce or Kobe. I cannot say in that same breath that I'm confident right now that LeBron will do that, sink both free throws and, and have them win. I can't say that right now. Reg, I know where you're going with this, but I want to cut you out real quick. I want to say this so you can finish. What Glove was saying, and I want to uh, say that too, that was Michael really confident that um, Kerr was going to hit that, or he just was caught up? And is it that people is not confident in LeBron? Is that why LeBron picked to go play with Dwayne? Can you explain that to him? I know I think that's where you was going. Am I right? Well, I think, I think, I think Mike was confident in Steve in that, from what I understand, the Bulls' practices were harder than games were. So, I mean, not only did you have to you have it in yourself to be self-motivated, not only did you have the coach motivating, not only did you have the, 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 the GM motivating you, but you also have, at the time, the best player on the planet working harder than anybody out there motivating. So, I mean, you have to take your physical and mental level to a ne- another, another notch. You have to take it to another notch. Uh, I, I think, again, I go back to LeBron being 6'8", 245. He is, he is almost a Shaq. Remember Shaq in his prime? Good God, seven foot one, three 310 pounds of nothing but muscle and jumping all over the place. And right. right now, LeBron is so physically imposing. I mean, he could be the worst shooter in the world, which he's not. He's a you know, pretty decent shooter. And he's, and he dominates. But, you know, my favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes is a Muhammad Ali quote. I actually have it with me. Like I'm a child, I have a poster with me. You know, he said, champions are made of something special. They have a very special combination of skill and will. But in the end, and in this case basketball, we can talk about the fourth quarter, you have to have more will than skill. And he's got to believe in himself. And that's the same thing that helps him to knock those two free throws down uh, you know, with two seconds left on the clock. It's the same thing that throws all the excuses away, Eric, and, and, and Love, and he has an ability to get that ball and get it to either get fouled on a two or three-point attempt or, or make his shot. 
he's got to have more will than skill. I don't, I don't know right now that he has the will that Dwayne Wade has because he's seen yeah. it and done it. So he actually believes it. Yeah. You know, Kobe's seen it and done it. Larry, Magic, Paul, they've seen it and done it. LeBron knows he's supposed to do it. Everybody tells him he's great. However, he's never done it. So that may be why it's more palatable or maybe acceptable for him right now to run away from the ball. And that's why I go back to what I said earlier. It's not a bad option to have Dwayne Way as another option to take that last shot. Right. Right. But let me know. You know, we only got five minutes to close, but is that why LeBron picked to go play with Dwayne? Because he knew Dwayne could close the game. He had a confidence too close. Uh, you know, I think I think he picked. Uh, well, several reasons. I think he picked uh, 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 to play in Miami. I mean, if you love you, one of the better players in the, and you can go where you want to go. You want to go to Utah. You want to go to Miami. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's one reason. Uh, second is that uh, Pat Riley, from what I understand, is a master at at, uh, at putting together teams, uh, and you know, and, and playing alongside with a, another great player like Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, two other great players, makes the task of the job easier to accomplish when the burden is shared. However, the problem is, I think, I go back to that level of of mental toughness. I mean, that level of mental toughness, I mean, you have to really, really believe without a, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know, to another level, you know, in my opinion. So you think you agree with that, Glenn? Yeah, let me let me just say one little thing, and it's just my own little thing. When I'm coaching kids or training kids or in sports, I always tell them it's easy to make an excuse. It's harder to make a play. So make a play. Don't make excuses in life. Yep. But already, I think we still got some time. If if you're a championship, like Michael said, Larry said, and I heard Magic, you want to build your own team. Why go? You see Michael will want to play with Larry Bird. You see Mike want to go play with Magic. Am I right? LeBron right. wants to go play with Dwayne. Why? Build your own dynasty. Michael built the Bulls. Am I right? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. It, it would have been more, that would have more etched him in legendary status had he done this by himself. Had he took a small-time organization like Cleveland and took them up to the stature that Chicago had been taken with Michael Jordan. However, uh, I think I think I think maybe LeBron is a product of the society that we live in right now, man. We want things instantaneously. You know, we have ESPN. We look at the top ten plays. We want to look at the uh, you know at the at the, the entire game. We want to see the highlights. I can go over to Miami with Dwayne Wade, and things would be a heck of a lot easier. Uh, you know. It, 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 and I think that's the reason why right now he's got a lot of people booing him because that, for that basic thing you just said, he kind of took the easy way out. It's turning not to be so easy. So, you know, should he have done, I mean, that's up to him. But it probably would have etched him better into, you know, legend status, you know, once, he, once everything's said and done. Had he, took, had he done what Michael did, you know, Mike, again, Chicago was a horrible team that year Mike had him. Right. Uh, when he started. Horrible, um, you know. But but there's something about him, you know. I think L.A. during that whole '80s thing without Magic would have been a good team. I don't think they would have done what they did with him. 
uh, uh, you know, Robert Parrish. You know, I always read what they used to call him double nothing. You know, his number was double zero. Great player. Once they got the right catalyst in there, Larry Bird, you know, and McHale. But, you know, but you need that one driving force to make your guys believe. You got to have that Moses amongst (laughs) amongst the team. And I think he, you know, you guys got me thinking here as I think out loud. It's a heck of a responsibility and burden to be the leader. Right. Hell, yeah. I would have went to Miami too. Hey, let, put it on him. <laughs> put it on Dwayne. I just yeah. want to be the Robin. I don't want to be Batman. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what, Red? Uh, we got to get you next week because we want to talk about the West. Everybody talking about the Spurs going to be Oklahoma. So we want to get you on next week and talk about that. Is that all right? Oh, that's going to be a good one, man. I'm really, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that one. That's going to be a so we get you on. We get to the whole hour in that one. So next week, and then Glove definitely gonna have you call back next week too. Definitely uh, get you on, and we have uh, we gotta get this talk about the West next week. Is that all right, guys? Sounds good, Sounds man. Good. Good for it. All right, Thank you for your time, man. Already slated, and Eric Glover, James Loving, another ultimate loving that sports talk. And remember, you didn't say Dwayne was gonna take the last shot. <laughs> feel the love, feel the love. <laughs> there you go. that for us, all right. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then and keep in touch with James all week at loving that sports talk at yahoo.com.